Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,846. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in DeLand, or Dayland, uh, Florida, that Terry likes to call it, with a very special guest by the name of Terry Earwood. Terry, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Uh, yeah, I got the nitrous bottle full. Ooh, cool. All right. Kind of a silly question to ask a guy like you that's been in so many cars and on so many tracks, but before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this really fun life you've had for yourself. What's one little thing that most people may not know about you, Terry? You know, I, I'm pretty a wide open book. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very simple. Uh, so there's a lot that, uh, that I don't know that I don't want what I, <laughs> know what I don't know. Um, you know, it, ironically, most people I know, I, I'm at a racetrack, obviously. And my closer friends know that when I'm not at a racetrack, we try to be on the boat. Uh, ah. So it's one of the two. It, you know, if it'll burn fossil fuel, we're there. And uh, or work in the yard, but, but on a gas-powered lawnmower. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just a very simple deal. It's a guy that likes to stay on the move is what I'm hearing here. So uh, there you go. Well, allow me to give you a proper introduction. And we're going to dive into this very fun life that you have. Terry Earwood has been the chief instructor for Skip Barber Racing School for over 35 years. He was a champion factory Hemi Superstock drag racer from 1970 until 78. And the winningest, winningest, if I can say the word, winningest driver in the Firehawk series that's now known as the Michelin Cup Challenge. He established the curriculum for the George. State Patrol at Road Atlanta and was the chief instructor there from 1979 until 1984 when he started with Skip Barber Racing School. He's been chief steward for the SCCA and numerous venues, the North American Road Racing Association, Trans Am competition director. He's a member of SAG since 1991. As a precision driver, he's a Baja class champion. The list goes on and on. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Terry, but first a word from our valued sponsors. So give him a listen. We'll be right back. Keep your seatbelts on. We're having fun today. Moving fast with Terry Earwood. Be right back. Summer's here. Thank goodness. And that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle. And the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right. 10% off compliments of cars. Yeah. Simply use the code yeah21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. 
Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Terry, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner, something that no doubt you love to do. I'd love for you to talk about this long legacy you've had with Skip Barber Racing School. Now, keep in mind, this is about a half hour show, so we've got to touch on a lot of things here today. But let's go back in time. You're a guy who loves to be in the driver's seat going fast. So where did this all come from? When did this all start? My parents said that my first word was car, uh, not mother. (laughs) Uh, so daddy loved cars and always had, had, had big cars. And, and we got to ride on the beach back in the fifties when, uh, the old beach race track was down there and nobody was there in the fifties. So we would, we, daddy would take us on vacation and, and whatever he had Lincoln or Chrysler or Cadillac, we would just see how fast it would go on the beach back then. And so, so I fell in love with cars sitting on the armrest of the Lincoln, looking over at it, over his shoulder to see the speedometer go into the fuel pressure, fuel gauge, you know, <laughs> back when I was, I was very young. So, so we all love cars and, uh, daddy loved them. And, and fortunately the good Lord just let my brother and I both wind up playing with cars all our life. No doubt. Well, you got into first drag racing, which is a great place to start for many people because you can get your feet wet and, and no doubt that uh, getting into a drag racer brought back memories of being on that beach with your dad. Tell us a little bit about the drag racing. Well, actually, it was a line of least resistance. Number one, uh, I borrowed Daddy's Porsche Speedster. That he was it was a street car and also his road race car in the SCCA. One Sunday with my two best friends, John Cox and David Strickland, and we went to a drag strip to see what it was all about in Fernandina, Florida. And they goaded me, not my fault, they goaded me into running the car since we were already there. And uh, <laughs> we wound up winning a trophy with it. And I, uh, I made the mistake of bringing the trophy home, which pretty well gave away where I'd been uh, for the day. Yeah, what you've been up to in Dad's car. <laughs> yeah. So that sort of started, that started, and back then you had to be 21 to go road racing, mm-hmm. uh, and the drag racer, you just had a couple of dollar bills. You could come run whatever you brought up, you showed up with. So right. it was a line of least resistance. I had some good guys that let me hang around, a guy named Bill Tanner in Atlanta over the years. And we would go there on Sunday or Saturday and wash the truck and wash the car and follow him to the drag strip. And then finally he got tired of me hanging out and just put me in the car and let me drive it. And we, uh, we won the first race and never looked back. I always have wanted a Porsche Speedster. You don't really think of that being a drag racer, but the fact that you went and won a trophy with that thing pretty much set the tone for, you know what, I think I know what I'm doing here and I can have some fun. And you went on to championships and having fun. When you think back, 
did you really plan on an entire life and a career being driver's seat? Was that really your plan or did that just evolve? In in the uh, in the third grade in Opelika, Alabama, we had to go to the whiteboard, actually green board back then, to the blackboard and write down what we thought we wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And I was about the seventh or eighth kid. Uh, I was behind two firemen, two policemen, <laughs> three housewives, and, and, and <laughs> astronauts. And, and two, <laughs> yeah, no, well, they no, none anybody. My group never could spell astronaut. Oh, but there were two hookers. There were two hookers. Um, oh God! And, uh, <laughs> they, they became fishermen. Uh, lighten up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and and I wrote down racer R A C. I, I, I wanted to become a racer yeah. and that was in the third grade. So, so yeah, I had no idea I wound up being able to do that, but that was my goal in life. Well, that's pretty exciting that you knew at that age, not too many people know it at almost any age what they want to do for life, but the fact that you knew it and, and the fact that you did it, and I want to skip ahead to, I mean, you've done a lot of different things. You've, you're, you're a member of SAG, so you've driven probably in movies and things and TV shows. Is that part of that involvement? Yeah, and we did all the BMW's national commercials for several years. Oh, nice. Very, very cool. Well, let's talk a bit about Skip Barber because I've had several people from Skip Barber Racing School on the show. I'm a graduate. Uh, I did two of the Skip Barber Racing Schools when I wanted to go vintage racing. One was at Laguna Seca, the other Road America. Great time in the three-day open wheel things. I'd encourage, I have encouraged many, many people to go do that, even if you don't want to race. It's so much fun. You learn a lot of great skills and so forth. What got you into that position that you've, I'm 30 five years. My gosh, you have, you've fulfilled a lot of dreams for people. Well, I'm going to back up a day or two. Okay. I was managing the drag strip in Gainesville, Florida, back in 1972, before you were born. And the local <laughs> cops came The local <laughs> cops came out to bar the parking lot. We had the only parking lot without light poles in it because they crashed every cop car in Volusia, Alachua County, Florida. Oh, my gosh. So we were looking around and go, well, what do you teach cops? Doing some research, there was no police pursuit school east of the Mississippi River in 1972. You're kidding. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, New York City had some stuff they were doing, but... But uh, there wasn't an official school anywhere in the South anyway. So me and two real cops flew to Pomona, where I ran the Winter Nationals for many years, and did the L.A. Sheriff's Department four-day school. Came back and brought that to uh, to Gainesville, Florida. So I actually started teaching accidentally. I just happened to be at the drag strip managing the track oh. when, uh, when the cop so, – so I became an instructor then in 72. And then when Road Atlanta got the contract for the State Patrol, Georgia State Patrol, they flew me up there. Well, actually, it was Greyhound, but it was a good ride. And uh, <laughs> we went up there and said – up their curriculum in 73 and i was going to become the chief instructor for the state patrol but that was uh the three weeks later i won the u.s nationals at indy in my hemi drag car and i thought you know i think i'll just keep drag racing another day or two so uh i <laughs> got a, a road racer named jack baldwin actually wound up uh, leading my school there at georgia state patrol and, and of course jack jack's still very very successful and and still races some there in atlanta so so i accidentally became an instructor so when i was at road atlanta for six years skip barber came through town on a ride and drive program with BMW and and said, oh, by the way, so I made him use me because I was already there. And uh, as he was flying out of town, he said, by the way, if you ever want to join the circus, I'd love to have you. So he gave me a visit card. <laughs> and, and two weeks later, I flew to Riverside, California and never looked back. You are quite a character. I love this. You're, you're so funny, Terry. Let's talk about inspirational people in your life, because I found that everybody who's successful has some type of a driving inspiration, a key mentor, somebody who helped them be successful in whatever they do. Is there somebody when you look back in your life that was that person for you? Well, I, I bet your answer uh, 
to this question, a, a lot of folks say their dad, uh, and, and I'm the number one that will say that. He was the consummate gen- Southern gentleman. He's in two different halls of fame uh, as, as a chief steward, both at Sebring and SCCA. He, he managed a lot of people over the years. He was in, in, in the insurance business. So his work ethic actually is one of the reasons I sit here now and my brother Steve. You know, they... Uh, we just learned so much about how to treat people and how to be a, a team player. It's as simple as that. Brother Steve owns a, a Rockingham Drag Strip and has been there for 20, almost 30 years, I guess. You know, so we, we just have a work ethic that we, we're just sad is only seven days in a week. <laughs> You're a very lucky person, but I'm not so much a believer in luck. I think it's when people see opportunity in front of them and they take take advantage of that opportunity. When you think about your career and helping people be better, safer drivers, whether it's uh, first responders or want to be race car drivers or people that just want to go have fun in the case of Skip Barber Racing School, they don't want to be a racer, but they want to enjoy that experience, that type of thing. What are some of the things that those those experiences with those people have given back to you where you walk away and go, wow, that was really cool? Well, I'm going to give you several answers. The, the curriculum we teach today in year 2021, we actually stole from a lot of people over the years. And, and students still come up with a different question or a different way to say something. So you continue to, to evolve from your students. You know, I, I, I can credit hundreds of them with, with information, just a little tidbit here and tidbit there. This is the great one of the greatest jobs in the world because you know, Mark, that whether they ne- never get another race car or not, they're going to leave there a better person. It makes you think more about yourself, what you're doing, about making plans, about analyzing, about about relaxing, uh, and about, about taking care of yourself and, and, and the people around you. So, so to me, it's just a wonderful job to be able to share that. And you sit here also going, oh, by the way, I'm watching Indy 500, and seven of those guys were my students when they were 14 years old. Oh, wow. So that makes you feel pretty good, too. Well, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. Let's touch on that a little bit. Who are some of the people that have been students of yours that have gone on to to a great erasing prowess. Well, now keep in mind, we had a lot of good instructors. So, yep. so I, even though I'm going to take full credit, um, <laughs> okay. but the, yeah, I, I was blessed to be able to stand in front of, uh, when they were like 14 and 15 years old, Ryan Hunter Ray, uh, Spencer Pickett, Joseph Newgarden, uh, Alexander Rossi. Wow. Um, Juan Pablo Montoya was older when he joined us and joined our pro series, but so he didn't do the, the three day, but he was with us when he was much younger. Sage Karam. There are just so many of those kids that are now stars on TV because back then we had a great system. You know, Mazda really helped the, the ladder system where you could come to the Skippy school, do the Skippy series, do the pro series, get into, into Mazda pro Mazda cars mm-hmm. and then get on to Indy. And those kids did. Uh, and it was just wonderful watching that. And so it's still a lot of fun for me to sit down on a Sunday and watch uh, the indie guys and a lot of NASCAR guys. No doubt. Let me ask a, a question I typically ask is uh, those guests I have to give advice to others going into their career path. I'm going to switch it up a little bit with you. What type of advice would you give a listener out there who's thought about attending Skip Barber Racing School but hasn't really pulled the plug? Maybe because they, they're intimidated by the word racing and that's not something they think they should do or want to do, but they, they like the idea of it. What, what are some inspirations you would give them to pull that trigger and go out and have two or three days of fun? Well, the good news is we start off day one pretending you've never seen a race car. You know, so regardless of your background or lack of, you're treated with, I'm not going to use the word <clears throat> kid gloves, but, but you know, you, you, you'll learn at your own pace. Mm-hmm. So no matter what talent or lack of you bring there, you're going to get better and, and you're going to get better about yourself. We just give you little goals every time you go back out. We, we do not put minimum speed limits on the cars. Uh, we do put maximum speed limits on the cars. And, uh, and, and you just develop at your own pace and you leave there knowing – 
learning so much more about yourself in, in all honesty. It's a tremendous experience. And in my case, I wanted to go vintage racing and it was a way for me to see if I really wanted to do that or not. Because sometimes people get, it's like going to, uh, when I went to a motorcycle safety course and I wanted to start riding motorcycles again on the street, uh, there was a couple of people there after the first day that said, you know what, I shouldn't be on a bike. And they were very smart to do that. Probably hard for them to admit it, but they said, this isn't what I should be doing. I'm going to kill myself or somebody uh, in the case. What are some pieces of thought you might share with somebody who wants to come and do this that would help them be a better student when they get there? The, the There's some good books out there, and I know we're going to talk. Uh, um, Carl Lopez, who, boy, sort of helped Skip initially mm-hmm. start everything, he wrote a book uh, commissioned by Skip uh, called Going Faster. Yes. So if you think you want to drive a race car and, and do a little homework, then that book is, is probably the definitive book on how to drive a race car. If, if you're not quite that far yet, if you just want, think you just want the experience, then uh, just literally uh, the biggest thing is uh, you need to learn, know how to drive a stick shift car before you get there. And I realize a lot most people my age <laughs> do know how to drive a stick, right. but, but occasionally they, you, you don't. So you do yourself a favor if you can borrow a stick shift car for a day or two before. Before you get there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's take a little short break. We come back. I want to talk a bit about a challenge. So keep your seatbelts on. We're at the track. Skip Barber Racing School with legendary instructor Terry Earwood. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So Terry, I always ask my guests about a big challenge. Now this could be a big challenge in your career, your racing career could be a big challenge in what you're doing uh, as an instructor in school. The more important part of this question though comes with the lesson it taught you so that you could move forward in a positive way. So maybe take us on a little bit of a wild ride here on one of those situations for you. Actually, Mark, I've been blessed all my life being at the right place at the right time. One of the bigger challenges that was a pie in the sky back in 1969, uh, there were two factory Plymouth performance clinics around the country. Don Grothier read, led one and Sox and Martin led the other. There was one Dodge and that was Dick Landy from out on the West Coast. So we tried to convince Dodge that, oh, by the way, you need a, a Southern Dodge Safety and Performance Clinic. Mm-hmm. So 
when I was at Gaines, uh, Gainesville, as I mentioned earlier, as a manager, every Monday morning, I, I had to write uh, a release on what we've raced over the weekend. And I would write that for Drag Times, Drag News, Drag Review, uh, and National Dragster. Four different articles every Monday. I don't type. My poor secretary had to read that crap, <laughs> um, and interpret it. And at the end of every article, I would write, because I'd already called Bill, and, and I would write, oh, and by the way, congratulations to Bill Tanner for winning at uh, Uniontown, Tennessee on Saturday night and Fairburn, Georgia on Sunday or whatever. So I had I had Bill's name in, in four magazines every Monday morning. So we took all that information to Detroit and fortunately got in Frank Wiley, uh, who liked us for some reason. And so Frank, through public relations, got us that second Dodge Safety and Performance Clinic. So talk about going from, from just a couple of little country boys to a, a factory <laughs> Dodge deal with trucks and cars and, and uniforms and, and race cars and everything in the world. It, it was, I'm not even going to say a dream come true. It was way beyond that. Uh, and then, and then it just snowballed from there. Do you think mentioning him, is that the key? Is that what did it? It's just that giving back, uh, helping. And then they went, you know what, this guy's all right. I think we need to do this. I think so. And I was going to bring that up at some point, the giving back part. You know, what goes around comes around. And, and I think you need to I think you need to pay it ahead. I honestly do. Right. Oh, works every time. Absolutely. That gratitude uh, goes a long way. Uh, when I when you think about your life and a bucket list, you've done so much. You've driven so many different vehicles. You've helped so many people. You know, it's your ripe young point in life here. Is there still some things you'd like to accomplish on your bucket list? Well, believe it or not. Until last Saturday, I always said, you know, I, I would like to win one more uh, super stock race. I'd like to win one more dra- – and I won. I did last Saturday. Really? I won, a, I won a NHRA National Open at Silver Dollar Raceway in Reynolds, Georgia. But, yeah, thanks to John Livingston. John owned that particular car and, and Stuart Way, my crew chief. But, yeah, yeah, so so – so you, you asked me a week too late on that question. Well, congratulations. Uh, you know, that is fantastic. Well, it, the reason I love this question is because so many people have bucket lists, but they never do them. They never accomplish them. And uh, as I say, you and I are more mature guys. May I ask what your age is this day that you've won one more NHRA championship? Yeah, at age, at age 75. 75. So anybody out there thinking they're too old to do anything, stop it. Just just think about Terry Earwood and what he just did. You know, congratulations, buddy. And I appreciate it. And the, the next goal is uh, uh, the, the Barnett race cars is, is what we ran out of for years in the 70s. And uh, we are building a, uh, a Hemi Superstock car to take to Indy this year. So that, that's our goal is run Indy one more time and, and defend my championship from, from 1973. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go in just to be there anyway with, yeah. with the Barnetts and everybody. And, and actually, Paul Newman was one of my heroes because when people ask him, how long are you going to drive a road race car? You're, by, by the time he was 79 years old. And he said, as long as I can see, I'm going to drive a road race car. He said, I've got a plan where I'm going to break, where I'm going to turn, when I'm going to go to power. He said, so uh, there's really not that many surprises out there. But if I can retain <laughs> my vision, I'm going to drive a race car because I can't get. And God bless him. They put him in a race car like a month before he passed away. You know, I do remember that he was uh, 83, I believe. He'd been diagnosed with lung cancer, only given a few months to live. And they put him in his... Uh, one of his old race cars, a GT1 Corvette at uh, Lime Rock Park, and he got to uh, run a couple last laps. What a great deal. You know, it's never too late to have fun, that's for sure. When you think about a special vehicle in your past, is there one in particular that really stands out for you? What is that vehicle? And maybe share a great memory you have about that that ride. Well, I still have a picture of it uh, over my urinal here in the bathroom. Over your urinal. So that every time I... <laughs> 
visit, <laughs> which is more often these days. Um, I, I get to see it as a, as a, as a kid, as a teenager, my goal in life was to own a 57 Chevrolet Bel Air two door hardtop. with any luck. It'd be a three speed power pack, you know, which meant dual exhaust and a four barrel. And I found that car. I found it at a Winn-Dixie. I left a note on the windshield. Hey, if you want to sell this car, please, please call me. Got home that night from work, run it in. Daddy was reading the paper. I go, anybody call? Anybody call? He goes, no. I go, oh, man. He goes, oh, yeah, some guy bought a 57 Chevrolet. We got 30 minutes to get there. And so <laughs> so we, he was out of work. God bless it. I mean, like I said, I've been blessed all my life with the right, being the right place at the right time. So we bought that 57 Chevrolet Bel Air the first week of high school of the 11th grade, put 25,000 miles on it during the 11th grade and lived two blocks from school. Um, <laughs> you took the yeah, long uh, way to class. Well, there was that. Uh, <laughs> I have been a victim of my bad environment all my life. And, and my best friends, literally every Monday would go, you know, they don't call home on Mondays. You want to take a ride? Well, okay. Uh, so so every Monday, 11th grade, we went to Fernandina Beach or Daytona or Cedar Key or yeah. St. Augustine or somewhere. We took field trips. We learned stuff. I like so it. We it, took it, field trips. I like we that. We took field trips. Ferris field Bueller's field day off. Exactly. Every Monday. Every Monday. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Now I had to go to summer school the next year too, but that was worth it. That was worth it. So, you know, so, well, so, yeah, exactly. that, that's okay. you know, that's that sounds like a pretty, pretty good childhood to me. I like the way, I like the way you, you said that skipping school turned into field trips. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I wish I'd been that smart at your age. I might've stayed out of trouble. <laughs> Instead of, for me, it was going down to the beach and going surfing. So, uh. Yeah. Oh no, no. We were learning stuff. There you go. Well, I was too, learning about whales and dolphins and the oceans and the well, tides and I want to crawl into your head a little bit here. This will be an interesting place to go, I have a feeling, after this conversation. If you woke up tomorrow, Terry, and you were manifest as some kind of a vehicle, not what you want to be, but your personality, which you have one, in a vehicle, what would you be, but more importantly, why? Probably my 67 Camaro convertible that I, it was the second new car I ever bought. It uh, was extremely reliable. It was very fast. It was easy to work on, no electronics, no grannies, none of that. So just a day in, day out, good old boy, if you will, without uh, any hidden agenda whatsoever. Yeah, what a what a fun car. And that era of the Camaro is, is so cool. It's just a great car, 67, 68. Uh, I love the looks of those cars, the feel of those cars. And Camaro holds a special place in my heart. I got to take my driver's test when I was 16 in a Camaro. My neighbor owned a Chevy dealership, and he loaned me a brand-new Z28. Oh, my. Yeah. He had a lot of trust in me, I guess. <laughs> Very good. When it comes to giving back, you've been giving back to people for 35 plus years, helping, you know, and even longer than that, uh, helping people be better drivers, safer drivers. Is that been your key way? And, and we touched on that about gratitude and the secret to a happy life when you and I in our pre-show chat, and that is giving back to others. Is, is that been a rewarding part of your career and your life? It absolutely is. Uh, the uh, matter of fact, when I moved here to Daytona, uh, near Daytona, 22 years ago, I discovered uh, the local sheriff's department had a little skid pad up right up the road here, and they weren't using it. So I stopped in and, and volunteered. And so for 15 years, I actually volunteered to teach skid pad. Yeah, because it was small and everybody else would get sick, and I I loved to ride. So I felt <laughs> like I was putting something back in the community by doing that. You know, dedi- dedicating myself for 15 years just to help the guys with the skid pad and stuff with the cops. And and I like I said, I feel like. Anytime we have a student, they're going to leave there a better person, whether it's a better driver or just a better human being, because it makes you think so much more about yourself and, and what you're doing and, and planning ahead. 
Yeah, I can't imagine the lives you've saved, the uh, injuries you've saved over the years, countless that you'll never know of. Uh, I know that after taking a Skip Skip Barber Racing School course, I became a much smarter, better driver. Not faster, just a smarter, better driver on the roadways. Yeah. Uh, Just thinking more about what's happening and looking at what's going on, as you say, always looking further down the road, anticipating, uh, but also avoiding, avoiding things that happen to me, and especially these days with so many distracted drivers on the road. You've got to be so aware of what's going on. So thank you for everything you've done over your career and your life. No doubt you've saved a lot of people, a lot of grief. That's for sure. Now I ask about books and you mentioned Carl Lopez's book, Going Faster, one of the books that was given to me when I started racing. Is there another book you might want to share that you think would be of great value to our listeners? Actually, I have two. I'm sure most all of y'all have read The uh, Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Stein, uh, which is going to become a movie. Or is a, I'm sorry, it's a movie. <clears throat> I've seen the movie. But the book, to me, it, is so – A, if you're a car person or a dog person, yeah. then you're going to love the book because it's such a life story and an emotional story. The best book I have read uh, was by Bruce Halley, H-A-L-L-E. He found a discount tire. And the name of that book is uh, Six Tires and No Plan. <laughs> uh, and you talk about – Giving back. This guy literally wrote the book uh, on how to take care of his people. And uh, I think anyone that runs a business or has has any meaningful relationship needs to read uh, Bruce Halley's book about uh, just giving back and sharing things and working hard. You know, I'm amazed out of 1,846 people, you're the first person that has mentioned that book. I read it years ago. A great book in so many accounts, as you just stated, and I'm really surprised that no one else has mentioned it. So I appreciate that. Gar Stein's been a guest on this show. He lives just a about an hour north of me up in Seattle. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got to <laughs> I got to meet him a few times. And uh, that the book is so much better than the movie. The movie's great, but the book is way, 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 way better. Make sure you have a box of tissues with you because you're going to need it. Uh, exactly. After, after reading that one. And as we mentioned, Carl Lopez's book, Going Faster. All great books that I'll list on Terry's show notes page. And I'll remind you listeners, there is a great place on the Car Show website called Guest Recommended Books, where there's over 2,000 books listed there. I've made it really easy with a quick click to buy. Go check them out. You could fill an entire library with all of these wonderful books that my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have shared, just like Terry did just and now. We'll be back. One last little stop here for the sponsors, and we come back. We're going to go on what I like to call the ultimate drive. So, again, keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. How did you discover your path to a fulfilling life? Too many young people flounder in finding an education and a career that fits 
But for those who have a passion for cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and who love working with their hands, problem solving, and fixing things, a career as a professional auto technician is incredibly rewarding. Cars yeah is pleased to team up with TechForce Foundation, our charity of choice, in bringing scholarships, technical education, and hands-on experience to young people so they can discover a possible future. Join me and lend your support by visiting techforce.org today. So we're going on the ultimate drive with Terry Earwood. This should be very interesting. Terry, you get to pick the car, any car in the world. You get to pick who you're with, where are you going to be driving, and maybe what are you going to be talking about? So what does your ultimate drive look like? I think I've done that. Um, <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, well, mainly on Mondays with Johnny and David and Harold and my brother and my 57 <laughs> Chevrolet. But, but uh, so I'm going to give you a couple answers here. The first one is when I – when. Uh, Skip Barber, we were sponsored by Dodge for many years, and we had a bunch of Vipers. Oh, and my yeah. brother came to visit. We were teaching school at Daytona. One reason I live near here is it meant so much to us as, as kids going to see the first 500 and the last beach race and, and everything. So we were doing a school there, and my brother Steve came down. He's two years younger than I am. And we hopped in a Viper and took it out on the track. And he was he, he did a nice warm-up lap at about 130 or 40. Oh, and then on the last lap going down the back straightaway, I just pushed down on his right leg. And <laughs> we got it up to 175. My gosh. And, and we're sitting there, and, and I glance over at him, and he glances over at me. And we know without saying a word, it doesn't get any better than this. So <laughs> so here we are sharing something that, that uh, you know, speed and car and Daytona all at one time and, and being the two best friends and best brothers in the world. Uh, you know, so so I've had that ride. But if I, if I did it, you know, tomorrow, if, since Steve's already ridden once, I'd take my uh, my fiance Julie. And uh, we probably would take um, one of my convertibles because uh, I, I got to like, put the top down in the evening with, with a nice sunset. And uh, – and head down to the keys, but so so nothing too uh, too exciting for your people. I've already been. <laughs> so you're getting married. Well, uh, it's up to her. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's up to her. Yes, it always is. <laughs> yeah, she said she'd get back to me, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> well, so. congratulations on that, uh, Julie. You got a nice guy there, so uh, you're in for a wonderful, wonderful life with this gentleman. Oh, I got a unicorn. Uh, I've got her. I, I'm already buying an ankle bracelet, so she can't get away. There you go. I love it. Well, you have taken us on a marvelous ride today. You know, I'll tell you, I want to thank Don Kutchel, who's been a past guest here on Cars. Yeah, he's the one that introduced me to Terry. He said, you've got to talk with Terry. He's so much fun. You did not disappoint today. So, Don, thank you so much for introducing me to such a wonderful person. Before I let you go, Terry, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom, words of advice, life, maybe a success quote or a mantra we could share? Well, everything we teach, we start around with, where are you looking? You know, your eyes do tell tell the body what to do next. So you use your eyes properly, get your eyes up, but your eyes also tell you so much about the world and the people around you. And and literally, I believe so much in the golden rule about, you know, do, do unto others as you were doing, uh, whatever that golden rule is. I've got it written down somewhere. Um, but but literally, you know, pay it forward and, and just take care of the folks around you. And you don't have to be a hero of any kind. Just be a nice guy. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You, the golden rule. If only everybody in life uh, acted that way, we would have ah uh, such a wonderful planet here. But a lot of people do, and that's a great thing. And boy, eyes up. How many times did I hear that in my ear when I was in Skip Barber Racing School? <laughs> eyes up, Mark. Eyes up. I'm looking up. What do you want me to look into the stars? Yes, look up, look up. Uh, but I tell you, it serves me to this day. I'm always doing that. And sometimes I'll be on the road with my wife and I'll, I'll break and she'll go, what's up? And I go, see that guy three cars up? Watch what's about to happen. And I do a little thank you to Skip Barber Racing School. <laughs> 
before that because sure enough, he does something stupid and uh, you yeah. see what's happening and all the brake lights come on. And if you hadn't paid attention, you would have rear-ended the guy in front of you by the time that third brake light hits and all the cars are going way slower than you are. Exactly. Yeah. What's the best way for people to learn more about Skip Barber Racing School? Just skipbarber.com. There's a bunch of YouTube out there too. You know, YouTube, Skip Barber. We did some in-car Vimeos around the country. And, and, and so there's some stuff out there. So Skip Barber YouTube and or if you want to learn uh, – you know, look at our calendars at skipbarber.com because uh, we do, you know, the, as you know, the racing school and the Mustang GTs, and now we have the F4 open wheel cars oh, yeah. uh, again. And then, uh, and then we have the Haggerty Driving Academy, which is a one day, it's a school I brought to Skip 37 years ago uh, with skid pad, autocross, lane change, panic braking, you know, just car control, a car control day, for, especially for teens. My kids did those. I tell you, to this day, they tell me they were so beneficial. Did that when they were first learning to drive or had first learned to drive and got their license. Go to skipbarber.com. Check out what they have. Uh, again, I'm a graduate twice from that school, so I guess I'm an alumni member. That I've been told that once a member, always a member, So uh, even, even though I don't race anymore. But I tell you, listeners, if you have any inclination to go out and have fun, whether you want to be a race car driver or you just want to have the experience or learn some really great skills, I encourage you to put this on your bucket list and go do it. There's no better time than right now because it is so much fun, not intimidating. Uh, they let you go at your own pace. Uh, as Terry said, you can go as slow as you want. Uh, so I encourage you to go have some fun, skipbarber.com. Terry, this has been a delight. I can't tell you how happy I am that we got to talk here. Thank you for sharing your time and your experiences with our listeners. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Thanks so much, Mark. It's been a great day. For me too. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.